How about a little Saturday version of the Igloo? Been a couple weeks, but as I mentioned at the beginning, or was it either the beginning or the end of my last episode, Tim Brando was on, and I said, well, this isn't going to be the peak, all right? There's going to be bigger guests coming on. Well, bigger in the, not really saying bigger, but the hits are going to keep on coming throughout the remainder of the spring and into the summer here on the Igloo. And how's that going to start on this episode? This year's biggest women's basketball freshman of the year and the consensus national freshman of the year, DePaul's Anissa Morrow joins me on this episode. But before we get to that, some transfer market news. Seton Hall and my one of my best friends, Nick Romano, shout out. With the term Shaw's plan, like God's plan. Shaw's plan, working out pretty good right now. Out of the transfer portal, picked up not one, but two ACC guards. In Alamir Dawes from Clemson and Femi Odukale from Pitt. Dawes, a Newark native, bringing him back home, was a really, really solid guard for Coach Brad Brownell, Brownell, can't even talk, at Clemson. Meanwhile, Femi Odukale, coming over from Pitt, where he was under Jeff Capel, both of those guys averaged... Really solid numbers. So let's start with Dawes, because he was the first guy picked up. During the year in which Clemson made the tournament, averaged nine points a game. He also averaged nine points as a freshman in 2020. This past year averaged 11.3 points per game. For the Tigers. And was second on the team in scoring behind only P.J. Hall. So getting, and by the way, came from coming from the Patrick School. Tremendous school to come from. And then with Odukale as... You know, he's played two years, nine points in his career, averaged just 6.6 points in 22 games, five starts in 2021, but this past year averaged nearly 11 points per game, started 28 of Pitt's 31 games, and was third on the team in scoring behind only John Hugley and Jamarius Burton. And this is another guy who was brought home as he is a Brooklyn native. So yeah, Shaw's plan's working. It's working pretty well. Other than that, there hasn't really been much on the men's side as I'm trying to pinpoint like my in terms of one like the timeline and all that. I want to be sure that like Certain information, like, it happened, it didn't happen two weeks ago. I mean, other than that, I mean, 
So Seton Hall also lost a bunch of, I mean, their entire freshman class has transferred out. Brandon Weston, Ryan Conway, Tyler Powell. They're all out. And then other than that, oh, oh, now I remember. UConn got a big transfer addition. As they brought in Hassan Diara. One of the most sought-after transfers. They get him from Texas A&M, who was the NIT runner-up this year, losing to Xavier. Trying to pinpoint, is there anything else? I'm like 99% sure I I mentioned Naheem Aline before and then oh yeah arguably the biggest addition I mean with Creighton there was a lot of talk about them being a preseason favorite before this happened and by the way this was happening (laughs) When John Fanta had his Twitter account hacked, which Biggie's Twitter waged war with whoever committed this heinous crime. So he was unable to break this news immediately, but another major sought-after transfer, Baylor Shireman from South Dakota State heading to Omaha. I mean, watch out. This Creighton team is going to be disgusting. And then also, a transfer saying within the conference. I know I mentioned Corey Floyd Jr. going from UConn to Providence. David Jones, DePaul's second leading scorer from last year. He's heading to St. John's. So St. John's is definitely reloading and definitely trying to improve from last year and obviously when you lose a stretch four like Julian Champagny you got to make up for it somehow and David Jones fits that mold pretty darn well if you ask me so those were the major offseason news and by the way speaking of Creighton I know TBT's on the horizon and the Omaha Blue Crew Creighton's alumni team who was in the round of 32 last year I think they might have gotten hosed against Aftershocks out in Wichita. They're hosting a regional this year for TBT, and the hits just keep on coming. Their GOAT, Dougie McBuckets, Doug McDermott, will be on the coaching staff this summer for the Omaha Blue Crew. TBT is going to be lit this year, people. And if you didn't know now, you better know now. Or you better, like, oh, you didn't know Yo ass better call somebody. It's a New Age Outlaws reference right there. But, as I mentioned before, I don't want to put this off any longer. The Big East Women's Basketball Freshman of the Year and the National Consensus Freshman of the Year, Anissa Morrow, coming up right now here on the Igloo.
Welcome back inside the igloo. As I hinted at, at in my last episode before the month of May, the guests were only going to get bigger. And as we transition out, it's the, it's the end of the academic year. And as we wind down, it's good to you know reflect on this past year around the Big East. And one of the stars that have emerged in the Big East on the women's side, the Big East freshman of the year and a consensus national freshman of the year who also happened to lead all of Division One in rebounding, uh, the standout freshman, rising sophomore now from DePaul and a Chicago native herself, Anissa Morrow. Anissa, it's an honor to have you on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. So it's, it's very difficult for freshmen to have like a big presence in the Big East, unless, you know, like generational talents like Paige Beckers, but you've proven to be just that this past year. Um, so I guess the question for you is, I mean, what really was working for you to not just have a good year, but have the kind of season you did where you were the consensus national freshman of the year? Um, I would say my goals before I got to college, uh, I like to set individual goals that kind of helped me and just being consistent with those goals and trying to be better than the player that I was the week before. I know that throughout the course of, um, my season, I was getting freshman of the week, freshman of the week, almost every week. And that was just the goal that I set for myself. So I know that I had to be consistent every game to get that. Now, and I know that you're awfully competitive. You come from a very athletic family and of note, your brother, Ed, uh, played in the Big East um, at Marquette back in 2019. Did it, before you started your freshman year at DePaul, did he kind of clue you in on the physicality of the of the biggies? Because it's it's just the same, at least in my opinion, between the men's and the women's games. I would say I kind of seen it during high school how physical the guys were, like playing um in practices and things get kind of scrappy. But he he definitely did talk to me about like how physical it was, how the condition is completely different, how the weight room is completely different, academics as well. Um, he schooled me on all of that. And I'll say with him being so tough and competitive, it actually helped me because he competed with me on and off the basketball court as well. And, and speaking of that, the way that, you know, your one-on-one games were growing up were, were you know, they were pretty physical. Um, I, I, I feel like that must've made things a little bit easier for you going up against some of the best, you know, post players from around the big East. And trust me, there are plenty of good ones around the conference. Um, it, it was very beneficial for me because when I was younger in high school, I wasn't as tall as I am now. I personally don't feel like I'm that tall. Um, I'm only six feet compared to some of the competition and post players I had to go against this year was probably around like six, six foot three and up. So that was kind of a plus for me being, being able to play against my brother. He's six, eight. So with him being physical with me inside, I know like sometimes I would complain and be like, that's a foul and this is, this is, this. And he like, you can't keep calling foul. So like a known fact here now is that I don't call fouls. So if I'm playing any pickups or any um, five on fives, I don't really call fouls. And sometimes my teammates get frustrated if the game's on the line, but I just don't call the fouls. And that's honestly, that's kind of really what, I mean, what gravitated me to like, you just, you're not worried about a whistle's head down, you know, like if they're going to call foul, fine, but I'm just going to muscle through regardless. Um, and speaking of that prowess on the glass, you mentioned that you're not extremely tall at 
six feet, six feet one, and you're going up against players six, three and up. So what is that mentality like going up against players that have it, have the height advantage Johnny, to beat them on the glass? I would say it's the heart, um, the will to do what, what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, I would say it's the effort. You can't teach effort. It's a mindset. You can always talk about what you want to accomplish or what you're going to do. But if you don't put the effort in and the work in, you'll never accomplish it. So I would say it for me, it was more of the heart and the will to to accomplish my goals. So postseason wise, before we even get to that, I mean, I think the win at Creighton to end the regular season was a big, big thing in order. And I think it may have got you in the NCAA tournament. You had a monster game, almost to the point where you broke a single game scoring record in a high scoring affair in Omaha. Um, I mean, it, it was a battle in, but the way your, your team plays attract me like that. I mean, that's right up your alley, but what, what was it on this day that led you to nearly breaking that school scoring record? Uh, I talked about it in a lot of my other interviews. Um, I had a family death, and I was actually struggling for like a week or two on the basketball court and, and academically. And I actually, my family was able to come to that game, and I was I actually felt calm for the first time in a few weeks, and I just felt like I was supported, and I was able to have my family there, and I felt like I was able to relax, and I feel like as a player. When we're relaxed and we're calm, we play a lot better. Sometimes we might be super anxious, and I know that when I get that way in games, I miss chippy shots or chippy layups or shots that I would normally make. So just seeing that my family was there supporting me, it just made me feel a lot calmer and happier, and I was just able to lock in and focus. I felt like I didn't have to worry about anything but the basketball game. So... That post, I mean, I feel like as a player, you know, postseason struggles and, you know, like heartbreaking ways to, you know, end a tournament or end a season in, in this case, I feel like that must fuel you as a player. I mean, going into next season where, you know, you play Marquette in the Big East tournament. I mean, you guys had a good game. It's just Marquette shot the lights out. I mean, I mean, was and then obviously you had the same situation against Dayton in the first four um, out in Ames. I mean, would you characterize it? You know, like it's not, we could have done things better, but you got to give credit to like Marquette and then Dayton for just putting up insanely good shooting nights to knock you out. Yeah, um, I personally feel like as a team, we could have played better together. Um, I feel like throughout our year, we kind of struggled defensively and offense can win games, but defense win championships. It's a known fact. So, that's something that we struggle with throughout the whole year. So, of course, my teammates and I could have done better defensively with rebounding, taking time on our shots, hitting the open woman. But we did it, and it showed in our game. But I also, like you said, give credit to Marquette and Dayton for just having an amazing shooting night. Um, is We have to give credit, credit when due. And they had an amazing game against us both teams. So heading into next year, I mean, obviously there was a key on a lot of the veteran players on, on your team as well. So now that, you know, like everybody knows about you now, um, you know, what's the mentality you be like going into next year, knowing that the scouting reports, when, whenever you face somebody, they're going to be heavily revolved around you moving forward. Um, for me, of course, um, I'm trying to expand my game throughout this off season. I know that throughout 
my season, my freshman year, I just kind of stayed in the post, but there's a lot more qualities that I have to my game. I'm very versatile. Uh, I can shoot the ball. I love to shoot the ball. <laughs> From, uh, far behind the arc, um, taking my, my woman off the bounce or just focusing on how to get through sc screens and set better screens as well. So it's a lot, a lot that I'm working on because I know that all eyes will be on me trying um, during the season. But also another thing as a teammate, I love to be the best teammate that I possibly can. So I'm willing to help all the freshmen that are coming in this year or even teammates that are he here now um, with allowing their game to grow as well. And I feel like that could happen if I'm a great teammate and encourage them to do better and want better as well, even though I know they have their own personal goals. So I, with that being said, I mean, I haven't done this segment in a while, but I, th I think it's only fitting. I think it's time for to bring back the cold seat, um, you know, with some rapid fire questions. Um, I mean, it's about a plethora of topics. So, I mean, if you're game for it, Anissa, I'm, you, want, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So favorite Chicago sports team that's non-basketball? Mm. I'll say White Sox. I mean, I I was gonna say you're from the South Side, and I know I know um, guarantee Ray Fields on the South Side, so a lot of respect for that. Um, favorite basketball movie? Love and basketball. You know, it's really funny. That was on um, this. That was I, literally on VH1. I just flipping channels, and boom, it was on literally like two days ago as at the time of filming. So that's that's really funny. You you mentioned that. Um, overrated, underrated, deep dish pizza. Overrated. I, I feel I feel a lot more validated now that you said that. <laughs> like I, I mean, I've I've said this on my baseball podcast, but like deep dish, it's good. It's not pizza though. It's more it's, like a casserole. Yeah, it's good, but me, I don't uh, so much sauce. I don't really. I can't get into it. I like the thin crust better. All right, that's 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 what we like to hear. Um, speaking on the subject of Chicago, um, I know a lot of great uh, musical artists are coming over there, but overrated, underrated, Chance the Rapper. Uh, I would say underrated. Okay, I, I, I feel like you can go. I, I mean, you can go down the middle. Um, Kanye, overrated, underrated. Overrated. I, I know you had to take your time with that. I, I, I mean, I know that I, it's a lot. It's a lot of his songs that I really like, but there are also some songs that I don't. So I, I guess I could go down the middle with that one. Okay. All right. Like, you know, you found the younger, you know, like more of the older stuff, more newer. Where are you with that? More of the older stuff. I like more of the older stuff. You got a favorite album in particular? No. Okay. All right. I'm more of an 808s and heartbreak guy. I don't know why I gravitate towards auto tune, but I mean, a lot of, just my opinion, a lot of great songs on that. Now um, on the teammate side, um, you know, who is one teammate that, you know, if you're maybe having a down day, you could definitely, you know, rely on them to, you know, lift your spirits up, you know, get a laugh out of you. I would say Kiki River. Kiki. All uh, right. Yeah. She's just always goofy, but she kind of reminds me of like a mother. It's kind of crazy. If you like that mother vibe. So if I if I want to talk about anything, she's like always there to talk about stuff and give me advice. But when it's time to crack a joke, she always make me laugh. All right. Now, um, 
on on that note as well, I mean, I, we talked about, you know, um, you know, pregame, by the way, I'm a superstitious person. So like, I mean, I have a, a ton of things where like, you know, like if I'm before a game or whatever, like I'm doing something ritualistic. Are you one of those people that like, I, I you have to do something before a game, like some sort of pregame ritual? Um, Towards the, the end of, I'll say the season, of course I would get taped and then I'll take a nap. But like, as Bob said, I start changing my hair around. So I'll like do my hair or I'll take like a long shower and listen to loud music. So that's kind of like how my ritual kind of changed from the beginning to the end of the season. Okay. Uh, and speaking of that loud music, I mean, what are you usually vibing to? I mean, I want to know, like, I mean, like, I feel like it all depends on mood, like game day, yeah. you got to be more and more on the serious side, but if you're just chilling in your room, just trying to relax or whatever, it's got to be a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, For me, like you said, it's, it really depends on the mood. Sometimes I'll just do like a shuffle play. If I don't feel like choosing certain certain music, you know, like it'll go from Beyonce to Nicki Minaj to G Herbo to Chief Keith. Like it just it just goes. It's a variety. So, but like when I'm relaxing, I like to listen to like slow old school music, kind of throwback R and B. It just but that still kind of depends on the mood as well. Okay. All right. Now on the basketball side, uh, you know. I- there are a lot of, you know, like I, I model that I like, don't try to be the next somebody, be the first you, but is there somebody as a player that you try to model you, your game after? Cause I know your mom was quite the baller too. <laughs> I would say it was my mother. I, I never really got to watch her play, but like hearing stories and all the history behind her um, game and actually playing her one-on-one as well and never being able to beat her. Um, just show me like, of course, you always say be that that different person, that that individual that nobody else can be because it's you. So I never really tried to model my game after anyone. I would say that I took little little qualities or moves that they did that they did, and I would try to apply them to my game. So that was my way of trying to show that versatility and um, just be able to do things. I know, like <laughs> something I've always tried to do is jelly, and I still struggle with that. Like I just can't get it right. So. But just watching like Kyrie and all those other people do it, all those other players, is something that I try to add to my game. So I think something I definitely want to know um, as a post player, you know, who was who would you say was the toughest post assignment that you had offensively, defensively uh, this past year in the Big East? Um, <laughs> Coach Bruno asked me this. It's kind of funny, but I would say that they were all the same. In my opinion, um, I know that there's different heights, there's different toughness from from different players, but and always going to games as it's me versus me. So that that I I I personally I'm a fan of that. Now I as you've now seen the entire conference now, I mean, do you have a favorite particular road venue, road city in the conference? Uh, I would say Wintrust Arena. I really like uh, Xavier's. Arena as well is very nice, but our arena, it kind of like, our arena is kind of like 35 minutes, 45 minutes away from campus. So sometimes it don't really feel like a home game and it's just, it's, it's kind of far away. So I would say that I really like it compared to our practice facility. All right. And by the way, and I definitely want to gauge because every college has these, you know, like, 
how do I like these on campus eateries where you're like, okay, like that's a spot I got to go to. What's that spot for you at DePaul? Oh, uh, I would say Coney Island. All right. I mean, for those that don't know about it, fill us in on what that is. Okay, so um, there's a variety of food. I know that I like gyros, but normally when I when I get gyros, I'll go with my mother, and it's like at a mall. But like I'm able to get gyros or or hot dogs or it's just such a variety of food. Like you can even get salads there and everything. So okay, okay. And so I so I guess the last question that I'm gonna that I got for you. I mean, I know that you, from what I can gather extremely competitive person. I was told the story about, you know, your older sister had just set the family record for GPA um, at Simeon and being the competitive person, your mom challenged you to top that and you did it. And then some, um, it, would you say competitive is the best word to describe you? And if, if, if not, what, what would you say that word is? Um, I would say competitive, but another word that I like to describe myself is optimistic um, and having perseverance as well. I feel like there's a lot of words to describe me because I have so many qualities, um, very unique. And I feel like I'm just learning every day, like in my classes as well. So it, there's, a, there's a lot of things that describe me, but being competitive, having perseverance and being optimistic, I feel are the main three. And, you know, we're going to see a lot more of that uh, for years to come in this league. Uh, Anissa Morrow, the reigning Big East Freshman of the Year, consensus National Freshman of the Year, and a force to be reckoned with in this league for several years to come. Anissa, thanks for the time. Um, you know, best of luck with finals and all that. And um, looking forward to seeing what you got up your sleeve in your sophomore campaign. Thank you. More on the Igloo coming up right after this. Welcome back inside the Igloo. Thank you again to Anissa Morrow. Just an upstanding, outstanding person and player. I mean, obviously the player side, but as a person, you could definitely get that bubbliness, if you will. Like, someone that is easy to enjoy being around. You could definitely tell she's the kind of teammate that everybody wants. She is the kind of loyal player in person where, you know, she stayed right in her own backyard in Chicago and is making a big difference at DePaul already on and off the court. So, Anissa, I hope you're listening to this. Thank you again for the time. And, again, I really look, look looking forward to catching up again in October come um, media day time uh, in New York City, Madison Square Garden, nothing like it. So, as I mentioned, a lot more great guests are going to be on tap for the coming weeks. And on the next episode, in just two weeks, I'm going to do some little special. I'm going to do a little Coach's Corner. So, in this sandwich of a show, the bread will be, you know, your off-season news that you'll hear at the beginning and maybe even the end, but... The meat part of the sandwich will be that coach's corner where I'm going to have not one, but two Big East women's basketball coaches on. I've got Creighton assistant coach and avid listener of the show, as I came to find out, Linda Sayavong Chan, 
will join me as well as the new head coach of the Butler women's basketball team, Austin Parkinson. For those of you who haven't necessarily gotten familiar with him yet, this will be sort of your introduction to who he is, the kind of credentials he brings to the table, and there's some pretty damn good ones coming over from IUPUI, a team that has made it to the tournament twice in the last three years and pushed a really solid Oklahoma team who was a four seed in the tournament, really pushed them for 40 minutes down in Norman. He's a great coach. He's basically just moving across town to Butler. And he's looking to make quite a difference trying to turn around a team that was just 1-27 a year ago. And, you know, something to know about Austin Parkinson, you know, he inherited a three-win team at IUPUI several years ago. And look at what he's done since. So you're going to hear from him. And again, Creighton assistant coach Linda Sayavongchan. So that is all coming up two weeks from now. Want to have something up right around Memorial Day weekend. And something I was thinking about, and I've seen this on Twitter, it's crazy. UConn Twitter is fighting amongst themselves on the subject of beaches. I'm going to talk more about that probably in two weeks. And what I want to do, this is a... Casting call for all of you on Twitter. If you want to come on the Igloo and beef about whether you like or despise beaches, shout out to Mr. Hotballs for starting this discussion. Please DM me at the real Timmy Ice on Twitter and Instagram. I want to get this discussion ahead of Memorial Day weekend. It's only fitting. So you on Twitter, if I know how you are, you better answer the bell. That does it for this episode of the Igloo. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you again in two weeks for that Coach's Corner episode.